was the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even the discourse. I don't like the insinuation that we're ever serious on this podcast. Like, <laughs> that's a bad place to be starting with. So. Like, I'm, I'm currently recording at my parents' house and they were like, so what is it you're doing? I was like, oh, so it's a podcast I'm, I'm doing. And they're like, okay, well, what is a podcast? And then um, trying to describe to them what long my practice is. They're just sort of like, Oh, okay, well, you, you have fun, and uh, we'll call you down for dinner in about an hour and a bit, okay? It's like, great. <laughs> Similarly, I'm at my in-laws, so a similar vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's part of the joys of the season. Mm. So are, are you, is there, is a theory Christmas uh, with relatives, or is the theory Christmas more of a kind of unit on its Hello own? endeavor. Like, <laughs> Um, the favorite Christmas is with relatives at the moment. Yes, so yeah, we're the same same sort of setup, I guess. I think we just should introduce you because I think yeah. um, we don't have a lot else to say. We've kind of <laughs> just for anyone listening, we're we're actually being greeted with very theory Christmas, wearing a Zizek mask, mm. and it's very disconcerting. <laughs> That's not true. It's it's, it's the fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't choose which one to to, to put on. <laughs> so many. <laughs> Do you have a mask for every book that Zizek published? Because if so, that's a lot. <laughs> yes, but a lot of masks are the same, so there's a lot of repetition among the masks, as you might expect. But uh... truly could not be a Long My Praxis episode without the dogs going fucking crazy. I don't, can you hear that in the background? <laughs> At least we're still on trend. I know it's been several weeks since we've released an episode, but we're still here, everybody. <laughs> My personality is just tired right now, so <laughs> we're going to try and... <laughs> Ref. and welcome to Lull My Praxis. This week, well, we're not really publishing to any sort of schedule at the moment, but in, <laughs> in celebration of Christmas, uh, we're speaking with the anonymous Twitter user of Very Theory Christmas. Um, this account has been blessing our timelines since 2013, according to Twitter, and their posts are the highlight of any academic advent calendar. So... Zizek the halls with bowels of Hegel, and we wish you a problematic Christmas. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Welcome. How did very Christmas, very theory Christmas start? How? Oh, I I would love to say there's some sort of wider intellectual project here. It's, it's <laughs> no, 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 don't say that. Off, off the top of my yeah, there's, there's no sort of wider intellectual project there. It's just uh, silly jokes. It just I, it came about. I say yes, back in 2013. So it's about eight years ago. Now it is kind of scary to uh, to think of. I think it probably arose out of silly jokes that were coming about in you know, teaching literary theory to to first years and sort of getting near the end of term and and sort of making silly jokes about theory and Christmas songs and thinking, well, actually, I, I might put a few of these up, but not under any sort of an official account. I'll just create a new one and, and maybe and maybe five people will enjoy that. Uh, <laughs> and and obviously it, was a, it was a bit more than that. So it really, yeah, it's, 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 it arises out of those sort of those discussions with uh, students and just coming up with silly jokes and thinking, where can I put these without boring everybody else who might not be so interested in, in sort of literary theory with a Christmas theme. Mm, incredible. I mean, you know, you say five people from just looking at the uh, the Twitter account right now. 3,269 followers. Very impressive. Very impressive indeed. Mm. Just 
a lot more than us. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it took time to get that many. It took, yeah. it took a while to build that up. Eight years is pretty good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Christ. Imagine if we're still doing this in eight years. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, I have a question, though. Have you ever thought about doing um, a very theory Hanukkah? Or, you know, very theory Kwanzaa? Mm. Why is it Christmas? Why is ah oh, that probably because that's the one I, I'm on for a basic very basic level the you know that's the festival I'm, I'm more I'm most familiar with and, and with sort of the cultural stuff around it with you know the the Christmas music and, mm-hmm. and the films and uh, and so on so it's really just me being terribly parochial I guess and, and just thinking <laughs> of it rather than Christmas or, or Hanukkah or, or so mm. on it's interesting you say that because there's there's only ever been one sort of complaint about very fair Christmas when I, I I once made this was about five years ago or something I uh, I made a joke about uh, Judith Butler wishing someone a, a Merry Christmas and saying that you, this only makes any sense in the in the context of having you know, repeatedly said Merry Christmas over over the years and I got mm-hmm. somebody going back quite angrily and said, oh, Judith Butler is would celebrate Hanukkah she'd never say Merry Christmas to anyone this is really appropriation. I mean, well, I'm pretty sure that, that Judith Butler is, is savvy enough to know that other people have Christmas and sort of celebrate us. I'm sure, sure she would have said that at, at some point. But uh, but yeah, that's that's why. Isn't it? That's a little sort of dull answer why. Guys, you're missing the joke. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Um, but yeah, but also, I mean... I think maybe you could branch out because, like Easter, yeah. I'm sure mm-hmm. there's lots of things to say about you know the death drive. If you think oh, about Easter, so many. Yeah, I suppose so. But there's a sense in which Easter is a bit, it's a bit too serious, isn't it? Because of all, because it's all about the the death drive. What, because of the chocolate eggs. Well, there's a whole like trans egg theory. You know about egg theory. What egg theory? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not up on egg theory. Well, well, <laughs> this is my butchered version. But there's a whole there's a whole thing about um, in trans theory, which is very much kind of in its infancy right now about the sort of mm. egg as um, kind of your pre. I don't know enough about it. Um, I'm going to hold my hands up. That is from skim reading some of uh, Grace Lavery's stuff. But I say skim reading because I have not had any fucking time. To <laughs> I love those that you suggest you're like, I don't know new. enough, but I know enough to suggest that you could put an entire comedy Twitter account about it. Um. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm just putting the onus on someone else. I'm like the government, you know? I'm just saying, you know, it's up to you what you do in this pandemic. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> Just saying, just saying, just saying. I mean, I am trying to think what other holidays would work really well. I mean, you know, um, if you wanted to branch out, I I guess it depends on how capitalist you want Very Theory Christmas to be. Like Very Theory Valentine's would be great, I think. You should do a special one year. Um, just the amount Halloween. Of, you know, Halloween, yeah. Ooh, oh, Halloween, yes, good. that would that would make a, a lot of sense. Yeah, uh, it sounds almost like it's making too much work for myself. <laughs> no, I, I I try to get surprised around autumn time. I think, oh. Christmas is coming. I have to restart very, very Christmas <laughs> fairly soon. It's always sort of a bit of a surprise getting to October. Oh yes, I've got, I've got to go back and do that. Um, but yeah, very, very Valentine's Day, I suppose, for one day, sort of a magic twenty-four hours. We might 
that'd be wonderful i would really appreciate that just just saying i I think it's very awkward also when you're like oh this will be lols and then it ends up being so much work Just for the record, while we're here, we just want to confirm um, that you are, in fact, Liz Truss. That's right. Congratulations on your new <laughs> position as head negotiator for Brexit. Yes, I'm, we're, going to, we're going to get it done. What are you asking the EU for Christmas now that you are head negotiator? <laughs> now I'm head negotiator. I, I think we are we are going to ask for expansion into pork markets. I'm very much into the, into the pork markets. That's what she said. Can you say pork or port? Because once again, this is not going to be good for our Jewish listeners. <laughs> I love how you're going down the cultural route, and I was just like, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Very mature. <laughs> Obviously, because your identity is an absolute mystery, Liz mm. Truss, we we're wondering <laughs> if we could, like, Tell us which quality street you are. Just as a little bit of a getting to know, but yeah. not. So I like a toffee penny, but does that mean mm. that I'm a capitalist pig? <laughs> oh, it may. <laughs> it does. Absolutely. It does. You, you, you spurned the realm of, of chocolate. You know, you, <laughs> the very sort of, yeah, self-denying sort of uh, quality street. Which quality street am I? Um, definitely not that green triangle no one's a green triangle <laughs> yeah it's just that's ideology it's at its purest really isn't it <laughs> the green triangle. i suppose <laughs> that orange octagon thing with the crunchy bits in it it's very mm. nice on the outside but there's a sort of like there's little hard bits in there a little bit of spice Yes, exactly. Yes, let's, let's put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> is, I'm trying to riffle through my head. What what are all the quality street sweets? <laughs> Can I just remember? I, which just, I was just googling those. I, I have a, I have a ton of it downstairs. I can't remember them. I think which one is the most disappointing to get apart from the the, the green triangle? It's like the one that's like coconutty. Like, oh, the coconut one, but also like the kind of multi fudge one. Oh, that's yeah. that's oh. shit. I don't mind the fudge one. It's that one that's just like the solid block of chocolate. Oh, yeah. Because it's like there's zero thought that's gone into that. They've basically just said, mm. oh, what's, what's on the end of the production line? We, you know, we need an eighth quality street, so we'll just package that up and throw it in. I think that's the most disappointing. No, actually, you know what I think about? The most disappointing is the caramel cup, because you want it to be good, but it's so shit. <laughs> mm. Mm. Which is kind of like reading, I don't know. Ooh, blank. <laughs> what gets your hopes up and is, is disappointing? Ooh. Hegel. Hegel, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's, sort of gets your hopes up. Oh, isn't going to be fun. They'll get into the Geist and the, the world spirit. And <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, maybe you get your hopes up because you're like, oh, I'm, I, that kind of pre-theory mind of the underground and then they get theoried. That's a thing, right? <laughs> And they get theory. Yeah. <laughs> now I've decided. I've decided that Heidegger is, is a coconut eclair because to me the coconut eclair is fascist because it's so hideous. So I think that's that's mine. Oh no, but maybe that's the block of chocolate because it's like kind of very mm. almost totalitarian and it's like dr- denseness. Yeah, but he's mm. not totalitarian. He is just yeah. Or maybe it's the one with the hazelnut. You know, nature. 
nature in there. Oh, the hazelnut is, is um, eco-critical. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the oikos is the hazelnut. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I can't tell my parents what I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> I'm talking about chocolate and continental philosophies. <laughs> Classic combination. Yeah. Although, you know, I, I think as someone who is very historicist in their approach, because lol, critical theory scares me. Yeah, I've now gone vegan, so I, I, I reject the quality straight. I would check the quality streets and that's the entirety of continental philosophy. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I can still laugh about it. (laughs) So is your equivalent now, Louise, no longer quality street but like a slice of orange? Fuck that, no. Just have a shitty vegan chocolate. (laughs) Like moo free. Do you have the bowl of nuts where they you always you buy sort of the bag or the bowl of nuts for Christmas and it never gets touched. It's just there for display. It's like some See me and my mother always fight over the nuts and we just leave the fruit. Read into that how you will. You find out which which nuts are, are the best. Which which ones mm, do you Cashews, like? obviously. Uh, <laughs> you are a capitalist. Yeah. Well, no, I'm waiting for the inevitable Freudian reading of my mother and I fighting over nuts shaped like cashews. <laughs> wow. Uh, a rent. Christmas tree. Actually, I'm confused around Christmas when there's all this chat about Emmanuel. But actually, it's referring to Jesus and not Kant. Oh, yeah. It's always a big disappointment when it's, uh, oh, I thought you meant Kant. Oh, no, you were just talking about Jesus instead. That's It's always, <laughs> yeah, it's a, 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 bit of a, a bit of a disappointment. Always um, making about Christ fucking Christians. <laughs> <laughs> Someone always going about no, Noel and it's, it's Christmas. Oh, I thought you meant Noel Edmonds. I, don't know. <laughs> no, I, I was trying to think if there are any Noel theorists, and, and there aren't, unless I'm missing mm-hmm somebody really yeah. obvious but you know speaking of noel edmonds we've had the return of the repressed recently mm. mr blobby mr is blobby back. is back yes yeah is this why you're just sending me sending fucking blobby pictures the whole time louise i've just been sending random random people well no friends of mine pictures of mr blobby and just captioning it with it's a clue <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's all. It's, it's really been messing with them. <laughs> What's the best response you've had? Because like, you know, I, I don't think I've actually engaged with it beyond what do you mean? <laughs> uh, I think Dr. Bryony Wicks um, was just fully vibing. She was just like, I'm intrigued. <laughs> just, just vibing with Mr. Blobby. Who's the sexiest theorist? Who is the sexiest? Ooh, that is a tough one. Foucault has a strong head. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, how are you using that term in terms of head? Like, he's got a very like pleasing yes. head to look at, but also... He's not had any complaints. Yeah, great. Nice. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from by Liz Truss, the irony. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, Foucault's responsible for all the evils of the world. Indeed. We are in a post-truth society po- because of Foucault's head. Immigration, the RNLI, all of those sort of evil <laughs> organisations, mm. and uh, mm. 
outfits. All Foucault's fault with his... Mm, fuck Foucault. To return to the sexiest theorist. I <laughs> know, mm. uh, Kristeva, she's always going on about bodies and, mm. and you know, porous boundaries and things that are moving together and objection. That, there's sort of a sexiness to, yeah. to that, I guess. There's nothing sexier than phlegm and piss. Like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sexiness in the abject. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is it just because she's French? Like, fair enough. Like, they're pretty, you know, she's got that kind of mysterious vibe. Last Christmas, I gave you my article, and I still haven't received reader reports. We would like you, mm-hmm. if possible, to help us to cast our critical Christmas nativity mm-hmm. with theorists. So. Okay. So we're thinking about the classic nativity play, primary schools everywhere. Mm-hmm. Who would you cast as Mary, Joseph? We think Zizek's the donkey. <laughs> <laughs> Just braying in the corner, judging folk. <laughs> kind of doesn't really need to be there, but always is, you know. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, okay, and we've got the wise men as well, actually. We've oh, got, that's another kings, question. Whichever yeah, version of the nativity you're doing, I, mm-hmm, I, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, I suppose if we start with, I start with, I suppose uh, one of the wise men would, would have to be Adorno, mm. or possibly Adorno and Horkheimer, sort of standing with Adorno on Horkheimer's shoulders and just with a really long cloak or a trench coat, just like what really gifts would they bring? Would they be gold, frankincense, or myrrh? I'm not even sure what myrrh is. Is it, is it some sort of... Myrrh is sad. <laughs> oh, there's that song, The Three Kings, and that's where the, where the tune sort of gets really good. Yeah, I was just I was telling Alice about this before we started recording. It, like, goes really, like, goth for, like, yes. the full Myrrh verse. is blind, it's bitter for Yeah. Yeah, it's really intense. <laughs> it's when the minor chords come in and the crushing organ. But that's what myrrh is. It's bitter gloom and perfume. Okay. Well, that's, yeah, that's that's perfect for Adorno there. He's, you know, he doesn't want all this sort of... And actually, the fact that the song gets really grim at that point, you know, he's not into pop. He's not into into your, your modern jazz tracks. He's not on Spotify, you know. Yes, I think that'd be actually be per myrrh for Adorno on nice. Horkheimer's shoulders with their Excellent. big sort of, you know, wise man cloak. I mean, the more you speak yeah. about this, the more I am like... I could just imagine an advert, which he would hate, um, for the fragrance. I don't know. Like, it would be great. (laughs) (laughs) And perfume adverts are really the sign of Christmas coming. (laughs) There's the Coca-Cola trucks, and then there's the perfume adverts that made no fucking sense. (laughs) (laughs) Ideology is purest. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god we're gonna need to make this aren't we <laughs> yeah wow wow okay so we, we've cast one person we've got one person so we've got or, or two people playing one so like half yeah, a person once again we completely forgot about Horkheimer in that entire conversation everybody does if oh, well, uh, Hawk, oh he wrote the book of Adorno didn't he yes and that's, yeah, that's yeah. Horkheimer for you uh second wise man uh Benjamin Walter Benjamin, mm. actually, because he's, he's sort of interested in, in narratives and storytelling and, and the work of art in, in the age of mechanical reproduction. So you've got all the parents in the crowd sort of videoing this nativity play for for resale or, or distribution or whatever. So, yes, that's so Benjamin will be very interested in sort of the 
the fragments of nativity play, sort of mm. kids forgetting their lines and mm. things like that. So I don't know what well, we got. Frankincense and myrrh. Ah, uh, he's got oh, a gold rather. Yeah, I, I think he's frankincense. He's got to be frankincense. Come on, Benjamin, that kind of like wafty vibe. Just thinking though, you know, if this is a proper primary school nativity, there's always mm. the like the kid that's always like the narrator. Like the overachiever that's just got slightly better reading than everyone else. It was never me. Um, and I mean, I think that's Benjamin. Like, you know, if we're thinking about storytelling and narrative, and oh, okay. like, yeah, I, I think Benjamin's—he's the narrator. He's not in the Bible, but it's important. I was—I I don't know. I, I, I would would Derrida not be the narrator actually? Ooh. Although it take it would take half Could an you hour imagine? to get Oh my god, these things always like... last so long already. Oh. Like having a narrated nativity by Derrida would take five fucking weeks. <laughs> <laughs> we would, we will, we will begin. But what is it to begin before beginning? We will begin at this moment of, of beginning. And, and don't worry, parents, we'll, we'll be out by one o'clock in the morning. Oh my god, I think he's the innkeeper. <laughs> there is room at the end, but there is no room. <laughs> to begin, <laughs> to begin want, there is no room. <laughs> I, you want the room at the end? I think you're trapped within this binarism of outside and inside. And I think <laughs> destabilize that or see how that sort of works against itself. So you can, the stable is both inside and outside at the same time. Ooh, oh my God, so yes. yes. Actually, yeah, there would be the innkeeper. That's, that's so read into the... Um, the cadences of stable as a form, but also as a place, you know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I thought you were doing theory music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't do theory. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm quickly discovering the theory is just a big end joke. So if I just <laughs> pretend I know what I'm talking about and laugh at it and then finish with it, oh. I feel like I feel like I would agree though. I think Benjamin is a wise man. I think Bakhtin is the narrator. Mm. Oh, you know, welcome, structure. welcome to the, the Nativity Carnival. Exactly, Ooh. right? Turned upside down. Yeah. Ah. Mm. I suppose it's quite carnivalesque to have the you know birth of the Messiah in a stable. Maybe that mm. is fucking with hierarchy. <laughs> you know, maybe. I maybe. Don't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> And it's also, there's something very carnivalesque about that, that whole sort of time of misrule and, and the world turned upside down, but then it all goes back to normal uh, in the end. Mm-hmm. That sort of that critique of carnival that, oh, you know, you can have your fun, but then you have to go back to work on the you know, 3rd of January or <laughs> whatever. It's exactly, very much right? that sort of exactly. enclosed fun. Or maybe a shepherd in that sense, then. Ah, yeah. who's mary so mary always was a fucking overachieving kid in the school like you know when you meet adults and if they tell you that they were marrying their school you can just tell. you're like you can just tell yeah you just fucking know <laughs> of course you were <laughs> i'm not gonna call out anyone but i'm gonna call out dr emma butcher um <laughs> Definitely a Mary. Such a Mary. <laughs> I love Emma. Such a Mary. Yeah. Uh, so who who would be the fairy Mary? That mm. I think. I don't know. I think there there are, there are sort of two choices here. Mm. I think you can either go down the Judith Butler route or you can go down the uh, Helen Sisu route. Mm. I'm not quite sure which. Butler is she's kind of the sort of the over the overachiever. She's got the master citations and she's you know the public face of. Uh, of theory and you know she's quite quite important for the moment with everything that's, that's going on so maybe yeah maybe maybe, maybe the angel gabriel because they're kind of genderless <laughs> angels oh yes yeah, true. i don't know 
flattering because I was thinking maybe like um, Simone de Beauvoir as well mm. because oh, okay. if you're thinking about Mary particularly with my lapsed Catholicism there's a lot of like st- what what does it mean to be a woman how do we construct the mm. woman but then she's a virgin but then oh deity wow she's definitely not irrigating <laughs> Oh, definitely not. Flaps. No, Irrigate absolutely fucks. <laughs> and Mary does not fuck. So she's not Irrigate. Mary Magdalene. So that's much yeah. later on. Mm-hmm. And also, <laughs> I've read the Da Vinci Code. It was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've, we've, yeah, we've not really sort of thought about it. We, we, I see 6 is is automatically out. <laughs> I mean, we've not considered that although then she's got that sort of relationship with with derrida who is the innkeeper already i don't know it probably changes the nativity to have mary having this uh, not this intellectual affair with the innkeeper i don't know what that does to (laughs) the nativity (laughs) changes it slightly i don't know elizabeth gross like she does a lot of sort of i mean giving birth in a barn is kind of like very material I can't imagine it's very, mm. you know, comfortable. It sounds very wet and fleshy. Yeah, there's a lot of straw around, isn't there? So Poking <laughs> <laughs> where you don't want it. <laughs> that would work. Groves would work, actually. Yes. Uh, Joseph, who who seems to be a fucking wet blanket. Yeah, you want you want someone who was maybe is maybe sort of less less relevant. Engels. No, Engels. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Engels, or again, Hawkeye, the guy, who, or he wrote the book with the other guy. You want, you know, one of those. But Engels, that would be a, a good one. Yeah. I know Roland Barthes in his sort of very early structuralist mm. phase, before he became sort of post-structuralist and and you know, became a bit more interesting when he's sort of still thinking about all oh, what are the the code you know, the five codes of narrative or whatever and and that sort of thing seems less relevant now so maybe i don't know maybe bart was a or the early bart as early bart as joseph <laughs> early bart we have to make a distinction there don't we between early and who did you play in your school nativity who did i play i was one of the wise men actually Ooh. <laughs> yeah. wait we never thought about who brought gold oh, oh gold that, uh marks here's your gold it is it is an illusion it's it's a convention but here it is who did you play alex i literally i don't think i had a main character part i think it was a fucking sheep or something um i can ask my mum she's just outside should i go find out (laughs) i I think it's really important i think it's important i'm gonna go ask i'm gonna be back in a second (laughs) so we have um either a sheep or an angel. <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. She... That's quite a distance, isn't it? It's quite, <laughs> quite a distance. A so she could not be clear. <laughs> of course you were a fucking angel. I don't That's think I was. Were you, were you the angel of history? Were you sort of trying to mend all the wreckage? <laughs> yeah, we'll of... go with that, yeah. <laughs> the wreckage of God ever being blown backwards towards the back of the... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we've never met, but I do look very similar to the Angel of History. It's true. So, yeah, that, that's what I thought. The, the first time I met you, I was like, "Oh my god, is that the Angel of History?" <laughs> true, true story. <laughs> I was always a fucking shepherd every time. Fucking shepherd. All the special needs kids were shepherds. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> kids that sat on the dyslexia table with me shepherds shepherds <laughs> they can't be trusted with anything else do they know it's christmas time at all?
Yes, of course they do. We should probably move on from nativities. But this is <laughs> this has been great. Building on a little bit though from the nativity, like we were thinking about the famous songs, not just famous songs, like Christmas songs, like famous songs. Do you think that We Three Kings of Orient are is actually a means of sort of constructing an Orientalist other? Like, is this a song that Saeed would enjoy? Mm-hmm. I absolutely, I, I think it's definitely, uh, part of, I, I think Saeed would, would definitely have a lot to say about that. That tweet, uh, which I think was actually when I, yeah, when I tweeted, you know, we, we three kings, what's the phrase, we three kings only does some, yeah, there's some idea of the East against which a West can define itself. That got cited in <laughs> in an academic paper somewhere. I don't know, I don't know how I found that out, but someone mentioned it. it it's been, Incredible. it's like an epigraph to an article. I'm thinking, I, I should claim that as impact or... I love this one too. It's one one is that yeah. I didn't know that you had written that, so I'm now like, oh, damn it, I'm not original. Two, I love the idea. I'm sorry, that, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love the bit that you're like, some academic cited it in an article. Like because of the anonymity of the account, do you ever just cite yourself as like, there's this really important account um, <laughs> that comes out with some really incredible content? Oh yeah, I'm trying to get book deals and everything. Oh, you should you should publish this guy. It's amazing. No. <laughs> Oh my god! Could you imagine though? Like at Waterstones, it makes me feel great. I'm as hilarious as a very theory Christmas. That makes me feel good inside. <laughs> Wait, so, what was it cited in? I can't remember now. I it was. Um, I, I would need to look it up, but it was. It was in a, a journal article somewhere on on Orientalism. Oddly enough, I, I would have to go back and, and look up the, the citation. But it just struck me as as odd that people are now. It's it's now entered. You know, proper <laughs> proper academic. Uh, Discourse. Enter the discourse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can't tell discourse about disco. <laughs> but yeah, so I was saying earlier, so, oh, you know, five people were like this account, and now it's, <laughs> it's been you know, properly quoted. I which means then that they've had to go to the you know their reference you know, their MLA guide. Like, oh, how do you quote a tweet? How do you reference? <laughs> I've, I've, I've made them do that. So that's that is some real. Extra I like work. to think that a lot of our listeners think about tweeting us and and how to reference our tweets. I definitely think <laughs> about this. What I do love is that somebody actually referenced our um uh strike teams. <laughs> That was incredible. Yeah, we ran it. We ran a strike workshop seizing the memes of production for UCU mm-hmm. Edinburgh, and there someone and we posted the memes that people created during the workshop, and someone used it on their placard, but actually gave the attribution on the placard. <laughs> <laughs> Ref law by praxis. That was that was a great day. Good academic practice. <laughs> Was it a false citation? Was the placard like like two meters across? Because they had the they had the reference and everything. I, I think <laughs> it was just low my practice, but I like to believe that it was the proper like HTML, like proper coded access. Access. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to put the date in there because otherwise it doesn't count. Well, someone could change it. Well, leading on from um, some of your tweets, there's one that I've always been kind of obsessed with. And... Oh gosh. I just wanted to ask about it. So you've spoken about the post-colonial melancholia of Lynx Africa. Um, So we were wondering about the role of gifting deodorant in a decolonized academy. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Gifting deodorant. I suppose we're we're back to the perfume adverts, aren't we? And and Mm -hmm. uh, Adorno. 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 
Sorry. <laughs> and then you've got Kristeva's abject, which doesn't mm. sell so well. It's because <laughs> it stinks. Yeah. <laughs> Abjection. <laughs> that's no, that's a very serious question. A space mm. of uh, <laughs> decolonization in, in gifting of. Uh, of deodorants. I'm not quite sure where to go with that. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely fine. I mean, I find Lynx Africa very interesting as a cultural product. It just reminds me of a very specific time period. Mm. It's very late 90s, isn't it? Mm. It's, a very, it's sort of 14 year old boy's bedroom. Yes, type. bedroom. If whenever you walk past the changing room. Very sort of of its, of its time. And also worn by, by Alan Partridge. As well, if I remember, <laughs> if I remember correctly, from one of the episodes of I'm Alan Partridge. I find the concept of naming Africa just interesting on so many levels. Like, I mean, what what are they going for? Like, what construction of Africa as a continent? Like, what what are they going for? Are they going down some weird evolutionary virility route? I don't understand. Yeah, I think I think that is I think that is what they're going for, isn't it? Because it's it's and again thinking about some of the links advertising were back when it was when well I suppose it still is, but it's all about so you know primal urges and desire mm. and it's definitely that that evolutionary discourse of oh you know your desire your, your desires will run away with you and you know you can't uh, you can't control them in that. Yeah, right. That's a, I'm trying to think about adverts. It's just like lots of women sniffing and then turning and becoming incredibly horny. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's okay. definitely connected to that that kind of almost not degeneration, but almost you know like becoming animalistic. So yeah, it's mm. really it is really weird that they've they've named it. Some weird racialization going on there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Problematic. Yeah. Problematic. Yeah, your catch-all term. I do want yeah. a t-shirt with problematic on it. Problematic. Oh God, for, just for conferences. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> enroll my practice merch. Just for interviews. <laughs> just for interviews. <laughs> but going back to that, that depiction of Africa, it's, it's like there was, uh, there was something on the internet not so long ago about book covers that are about, you know, novels set in Africa, and they all have the same cover, which is sort of the orange sunset and the tree in in silhouette and somebody had basically put up about 50 covers of these identical uh novels which were set in you know africa as being this this singular mass rather than you know this this collection of cultures or collection of uh societies this does lead us to a very good question though like do they know it's christmas do they though but do they do they i'm not sure i don't do (laughs) I don't think they do. Do they know it's Christmas time at all? (laughs) We've asked the question, but if you put at all on the end, it becomes more urgent. Do they know it's Christmas time at all? Yes, it gets more urgent in that regard. I I heard, I read somewhere the other day that, I mean, obviously that's that's a really problematic song as well, again, with sort of the images (laughs) of Africa. Nothing ever grows because yeah, there's there's no agriculture in the entirety of <laughs> of a continent. <laughs> not at all. Not only not like we grow crops over there at all. No, absolutely not. But also this, there were, there'd been some complaints about Bono. You know, thank God tonight, thank God it's them instead of you. And and I think some people sort of take and not realise that there, there was a sort of level, a certain level of irony involved in that in that line. I think some people thought that it was Bono taking that entirely at face value and and you know, quite funny, it's sort of quite common nature which sort of amuses me as well the fact that <laughs> there is sort of a certain irony to that song which isn't which wasn't recognized i was just thinking there like about the various discourses around christmas songs now so obviously we've got the 
Bono. We've also got the, you know, annual discourse about baby it's cold outside and whether mm. she is aware of the sort mm. of construction of, oh, I can't stay, but actually she's going to, it's like this kind of understanding or whether it is as rapey as some people mm. the implication. make it out to be the implication and then there's obviously the discourse around like fairy tale of new york and um using slurs so is the christmas song ideology at its purest (laughs) i think having having heard that bloody fucking ed sheer and elton john <laughs> offering absolutely yeah. I mean, in that case, yeah, definitely. It's it's. What is this? I have not heard this. You probably you probably have, and you probably blocked it out because it, it seems to be a little short. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's indescribable in many ways. It's this this sort of listing of of Christmas cliches and and if you can imagine an Ed Sheeran and Elton John duet, then I don't want to. That's probably you know you've heard it exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the baby it's cold outside thing because there was that came up a few years ago. I mean, it, it seems to I don't know if that's is that debate still. No, Me Too's over, so it's finished. Yeah, Me Too is, is the moment's passed. We solved it. We solved it, guys. Yes, we finished. Yeah, but no, I, I, it is, it is a really, it is a really creepy song. And then you get the sort of the videos which try and redress that. So you've got the Tom Jones and Keris Matthews version where she's sort of trying to turn the tables on on him, which is sort of slightly try to be slightly more progressive about it. No, it is, it is a really sort of um, yeah, creepy, creepy song. But certainly, you know, thinking about Christmas songs as ideology at their purest your wizards I, I wish it could be christmas every day seems to be some kind of death drive towards repetition <laughs> <laughs> christmas every day freezing of time or just going back over the same moment there's something definitely sort of ideological going on there about you know the the failure of political progress or, or whatever. <laughs> that's the ideology of my word everybody <laughs> on the fifth Theta Swan Awards. What will what will Zizek be giving his lecture on this year? Do we do we know yet? Uh, I don't know yet. Actually, I, I will have to I'll have to go on the phone to Slavoj and say what what do you want to do the lecture on uh, this year? The the more, the more practical reason being that um, this is all improvised. I don't I don't sort of, <laughs> I don't decide this in advance. It's whatever I sort of think about. Oh yes, that sounds like I might uh, I might do that. So I don't know. Um, I can't even remember what it was last year. I think it was probably. Paul McCartney in Wonderful Christmas Time, I think. No, it was. Oh, gosh, what was it? It was Noddy Holder confronting the spectacle of the real. Oh, okay. So it'll probably be someone else confronting the spectacle of the real then, because that mm. is the Shijok trademark. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Maybe Ed Sheeran. I don't think he could handle it. I think he crumble. Ed Sheeran couldn't handle the real. <laughs> you want the real, you can handle the real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it could be, but then I, that would mean having to sort of listen to that song again. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Yeah. I'll have to... I, 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 we've done... We did Wham! a few years ago. Oh, Wham! Yeah, Wham's fantastic. We did Wham! a few years ago, I think. Yeah. Has Snoop Dogg done a Christmas album? I enjoy the ones that are like, just their usual shit, but with bells on. So mm. um, do you remember the Cheeky Girls of Pop Idol fame? <laughs> yes. And they did Have a Cheeky Christmas, oh, which yes. is just basically, we are the Cheeky Girls with Christmas 
and bells. With bells, yeah. So good. Like, absolute brilliant. You can hear the effort that's gone into. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, instead of just going cheeky cheeky, it was like, cheeky cheeky Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that's like, like, well, I don't think we've done Shaking Stevens. Mm. Yeah, I don't think we've we've actually. I say we as if this is like a whole team of people and not just not just <laughs> one person with a laptop. Uh, that yeah, that might well, be due well, actually. You know, it's Zizek taking the reins on the Twitter account, obviously. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. Zizek takes the reins from Liz Truss. Yes, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. So we give him a brandy. We just let him talk for a bit or type for a bit. Yeah, that's that's exactly how it works. This lasted longer than I thought it was, so we should round up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think we could get more than 10 minutes <laughs> kind of yeah no. surprising isn't it how much you can just wang on about theory I love it one last question is what's Santa bringing you for Christmas ooh he is probably bringing me some Lynx Africa but no, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gone back in time to the, to the late 90s to, to get it no he's probably brought me Something you know, some some massive unfinished pile of theories, you know, like the Benjamin's arcade project. This, this pile of stuff. And so you make a story out of that. You make a narrative. So yes, <laughs> probably something something exciting like that. I guess we normally ask if there's anything you'd like to plug, but I'm guessing it's just you know, see you next year. Gijex lecture. Gijex lecture. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, we, we <laughs> Gijex lecture. Whenever that, whenever that happens. Um, At what is it? At a merry, what's the tag? At a very theory Xmas. A very theory Xmas. Mm. Yes. So we shall be going until about about second of first or second of January. We used to have the twelve days of Christmas actually in mm. the early years, going from twenty fifth of December to sixth of January, and then I found that by the third of January, everyone was basically sodded off anyway. Um, so, so we stopped that, so we cut it short a bit. <laughs> I think there's something to be said, though, for theory and epiphany. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh. Oh. In the meantime, Zizek Navidad, which is another excellent one that you've got recently. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope everyone has a, a Merry Christmas from Law My Praxis. Yeah, and we were, we might give you some content in the new year. <laughs> <laughs> As a treat. <laughs> As a little treat. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you very much. Zizek. Navidad. Zizek. Navidad. We've been long my praxis. If you like what you heard, you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget... A five-star output deserves five-star reviews. No reviewer two comments, please. Shout out to our biggest fan and most consistent listener, my mother, Faye. You can get in touch with us by emailing longmypraxis at gmail.com or finding us on Twitter at longmypraxis. Today's episode was brought to you by the letter X for Xmas. And the number 12 for the 12 days of Christmas. Our shape this week is Terry Eagleton's chocolate orange. Remember to tell your friends with apologies for a cross-posting. Bye.